Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Dump on the Authentic <coughs> Baseball Podcast. This is the B Block. Tonight is Tuesday, December the 7th, 2021. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, hey, Joel, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you from uh, Brooklyn, New York, which is transferring from autumn into winter right now yep yeah it's cold as fuck here <clears throat> hopefully we'll have a warmer time next week um this is going to be a little bit of a top of the clock episode but i had a couple of questions i wanted to run past you before we got there okay first of all Patriots beat the Bills last week. We didn't talk about this on the A block. Right. They're now the uh, top team in the AFC. How do you feel about that? Well, as you know, Joel, and as many of the listeners of this podcast know, I've been on a years-long quest to wean myself off of the NFL's teat, which is difficult as a Patriots fan because of our long sustained and continued success right uh, right because it's it's hard to it's easy to root for a team that wins and it's if you grew up as a fan of a team it's hard to like get rid of that right <clears throat> especially if that team's winning yes but i have ideological views that differ aggressively from the nfl as an organization sure and thus try not to spend my time contributing to their viewership, essentially. Right. Uh, so I try not to pay when it comes up. And at this point, I've become pretty successful because I generally don't pay attention to the NFL. Right. Um, Patriots specifically. I do, full disclosure, play fantasy football in a league with my family. Uh, so there is that. But I don't watch football anymore on Sundays. I used to watch the Patriots pretty religiously uh -huh. and follow them. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. So it came as a surprise to me to find out that the Patriots were not only in first place in the AFC East, which the last time I tuned in, the Bills were running away with that division. Right. Um, but they're the number one team in the AFC at large. Right. Which is a, which is a, uh, was it a league? Conference. Conference. Right. That's the C. That's the C. Um, which is a conference that includes the uh, Kansas City Chiefs yes. and the Baltimore Ravens, both of whom were supposed to be. Both of, kind of, both of whom are still good. I don't think like we can sign them off, but 
the Patriots. Are no, no, no. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying that the Patriots were not supposed to be good. Right. Yeah. Or it, they were the Patriots are a big wild card. Let's say. Yeah. That's it's the year of Boston sports not supposed to being good and then turning out to be pretty good. And being good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Celtics, though. They're still pretty bad, right? No, uh, no, the Celtics are okay, I think. I actually don't know. But, uh, the Chicago Bulls are surprisingly good, and everyone on my Twitter feed is really excited about that, and I'm happy for them, but I don't give a flying fuck about the Chicago Bulls. Right. But everyone... Here's an interesting thing that I... Because I've been, I've been scrolling your Twitter feed, because... Joe's Twitter feed is actually it's our, our Twitter. It's our Twitter yeah. feed. You just don't tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and I've been seeing, if I if I may, yes. I, uh, please do. Because I texted you about this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I saw a shitload of Chicago Bulls fans who were getting really angry about this TikTok thing, Bing Bong. Right, I texted you about. Yeah, that yeah, because yeah. I didn't get it, and I don't get TikTok at all, and that could just be me getting old. But yeah. <clears throat> there's this thing that is a big New York thing, apparently, Bing Bong, which people just say Bing Bong, like the kids at work are saying Bing Bong. I don't get it, <laughs> but it, it's the sound that the subway makes when oh, Bing Bong. Yeah. Right. The doors closed. Oh, that yeah. it I had to look it up, but I still, I mean, I still don't. Stay away it. from the closing doors, please. Yeah. Right. Move away. Wait, what does, what does the guy say? Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Closing doors, please. Bing bong. Bing bong. And, but people in Chicago uh-huh. were getting really upset about it. And that's what I don't understand. Like, <laughs> like it's stupid, objectively. It but it's not worth like being upset about. I don't know what they say on the L train. Well, they might not say fucking anything. Was, so I thought it was huh? I thought it was a Mike Breen thing, right? Because he says bang whenever anyone makes a shot. And I thought that the saying was bing bong bang. So I just made something completely no. up. It's it's about the subway. It's about the bing bong. So yeah. the Knicks, the Knicks, New York thing. So the it's a Knicks thing then going bing bong. Right. Gotcha. Or was it a New York thing and then the Knicks made it a thing and then the Bulls beat the Knicks okay. and so <laughs> the Chicago fans were all making fun of bing bong. Is that what it was? I, I'm guessing. I don't know, honestly. According to what I, and this, this is, is stupid. just anybody really who is younger than me listening to this podcast is going to be like, God, this guy is so fucking stupid. Right. But what yeah. I read, because I looked it up, and what I read is that there was this viral TikTok thing. It was after the, the Knicks first game, and there was like a TikTok show and they were interviewing somebody outside and this guy like you know camera bomb photo bombed them and screamed out we won or something and then said bing bong really loud and was really crazy you know and then the people kind of started doing that. 
Because I think what happened was Chicago won at the Knicks. And that was like a big deal for Bulls fans because Chicago still has like an inferiority complex compared to New York. Jesus, seriously? Oh, yes. The Knicks? Just no, no, Chicago and New York. Oh, gotcha. Like anything, any city related, second city. Right. I know what I'm talking about. Like, They'll deny so they it. Pizza in the squares and then wonder Cut. why everyone thinks they're not as good as New York. You know, it's like, oh, God oh, dang. Like, yeah. fucking cut your pizza right and then talk to me, you know? Tomato right. <clears throat> casserole, Sam. Tomato casserole. Yeah, exactly. Call it what it is. Right. No, I mean, I love the city of Chicago. And they deny it all the time, but it, you, they've got an inferiority complex. So when they beat the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden, they start, I'm assuming, taunting the Knicks fans with Bing Bong. Oh, is it? okay. That's, that's what I'm That's what I'm assuming, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is a weird social media thing. Huh, yeah. Gotcha. I just, I don't do a lot of social media in general. Which so. is good. You should just scroll our Twitter feed and then text me what you wish I would tweet and I'll tweet it. Right, yeah, that's how I tweet is I just text stuff to Joel and then he's like, what does this even mean? And I'm like, no, no, just tweet it. <laughs> that's, how that's how I tweet. And then if Joel... Is like, no, no, that'll get us banned from Twitter forever. And then he doesn't tweet it. Yeah. Joel's kind of the filter for that. Right. Mostly, I'm like, what does this even mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Some of my takes are too hot for the internet, right. let's just right. say. Yeah. Which is why I send him Joel first. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm the filter. Um, speaking of filters, bye valves. Okay. okay. So, so. That's a great segue, I got to say. <laughs> I'm good at this. Um, yeah. Okay. So I got, we, I want Sam, for listeners at home, Sam is a professional chef. So I don't know anything about food. I get paid. He gets paid for this, right? So for Top of the Clock, we were talking off air about things we wanted to talk about. And something that we have talked about before is oysters, right? And, and right. the popularity thereof. Now, I want to preface this with the story from my childhood. Do you remember... I think it was like the 1990 film Dick Tracy starring Warren Beatty and Madonna. Right, Warren Beatty. That's who Warren Beatty. They had a, Warren Beatty, Madonna, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. It's it's got the cast of Godfather, uh, Robert Duvall, except they're all wearing like crazy um dick tracy style like masks and makeup and it's like a crazy weird film right it's bizarre 
Um, and it's also weird because it came out right at the same time as Tim Burton's Batman with Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. And right. one, year one year apart. Is that what? 1990 is when Dick Tracy came out. Yeah. And Batman, Batman came out in 89, but it was Christmas. Yeah. Well, maybe Dick Tracy was trying to ride Batman's coattails on weird German expressionist film wars of that era. But right. I bring it up because there are several scenes that like sealed into my childhood mind from Dick Tracy. And one of them was the scene of Al Pacino's character, and he's the bad guy, sloping right. Caprice. What's his name? Big Boy Caprice. Big Boy Caprice. Caprice. I don't know. Yeah, because it's all about Dick Tracy taking down the mob. Right. But the real bad guy is Madonna. That's the best part of the whole thing. Spoiler alert. Right. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retroactive spoiler alert. From the 1989 film Dick Tracy, it turns out the bad guy was Madonna all along. She has no face. She has no face. Exactly. Yeah, which was fucking crazy. He's the love interest slash the faceless man. She talks like this sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they tried to drown Dick Tracy in concrete. That always scared me, too. I was easily as a five-year-old. I got to say, I don't see, I'm looking at the cast here, and I don't see any of these people that you mentioned except for Al Pacino. I'm pretty sure Robert De Niro and Robert Duvall were both in it. Maybe I'm making... Maybe I just saw Godfather Part 2 and thought it was Dick Tracy. <laughs> you just saw Al Pacino. At that age, you just thought any movie with Al Pacino in it was Dick Tracy. <laughs> well, it was Dick Tracy, too. They're just in the mafia in the 80s now. No, a mafia movie, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but this is why I brought it up, was because okay. it was this image of the Italian mobster, sure, sloping down the oysters okay and that is what i think a lot of folks anti-oyster stereotypes are is these like disgusting snot dustin hoffman's in it oh dustin hoffman is in it yeah, yeah he's mumbling dick van dyke dick van dyke who's still alive Catherine o'hara is in it oh you were always telling me about her Oh, James Kahn's in it. He's in The Godfather. He's in The Godfather. Part one, though. Yeah, that's right. He's Sonny. He dies. Spoiler alert, Joel. Joel, you're ruining all these movies from the 60s <laughs> really through the 90s. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen The Godfather yet, I'm sorry. <laughs> James Kahn's character dies. You're going to watch it, and you're going to fall in love with this character, Sonny, James Kahn character, and then he's going to die. Cool. There's a lot of this is a huge cast. Yeah, no, it's a crazy fucking number uh uh movie. Anyway, we're not here to talk about (laughs) the the 1989 film Dick Tracy. No, 1990. 1990, right, 1989. Ellen DeGeneres is in it. She would have been like five years old. We're here to talk about oysters, Sam. Why do people like oysters? Uh, 
I don't know. They're, oysters are because they're like you can just eat them. I think so. There's a long historical connection between oysters and humans, and like people believe that the apes, like part of human evolution, was the apes left the forest to go into the ocean to eat oysters. That's is that true, or is that just like a myth? Uh, that's a new evolutionary theory, which is uh, we're like the the sea apes because okay. that's how we became hairless, and also humans are the only mammals with buoyant breasts. Huh. Um, What's that got to do with living by the ocean? Well, it helps you float. Oh, interesting. Okay. I have gone clam. We have, we have like more fat than most land mammals. But, so we can float easier in the ocean. We can swim easier. And we're hairless. And we're hairless. We're not hair, you know. Most I mean, I'm, I'm pretty hairy. But like compared to my dog, I'm not very hairy. Right, but you also are able to wear a hat. I guess your dog is also able to wear a hat. Yeah, dog was wearing a Santa hat yesterday, actually. <laughs> um, have you ever, so I've gotten clam, clamming, is that what it's called when you sure. dig clams? I've done that once or twice. Yeah. Uh, you do that for, like, what I'm asking is you don't really need tools, you just need your hands and you can grab the clams or the oysters out of, out of oh. the seabed. Right. Um, and so, so there's a, this connection between humans and oysters that goes way back. And like when um, animals, a lot of animals that use tools, which is also like uh, evolutionary turning point for the humans, like there are animals now that are using tools and basically what they're using them to do is smash oysters and clams open. Yeah, yeah, totally. So like you put a, you put a, you on a rock, smash it with another rock that's a tool and right. then you eat the oyster so yeah. um otters can do that too yeah yeah um so yeah. anyway the idea is that the humans went into the water to get the oysters because the oysters don't move uh it's like free food they don't go anywhere you right. just rip them open and, and eat the insides it's like crazy right we What's that? Cook them. We don't cook them. You don't need to cook them. You, you don't need to cook them. Or you don't need to cook anything. But right. um, when did we ever? oysters will eat. Evolutionarily What's that? speaking, when did we have to start cooking our meat? Well, we we don't have to still, but we'd like to because it makes it more palatable. No, I undercooked my. Also, chicken. it can. Like, I undercooked chicken thighs like three weeks ago and I was throwing up for two days. Right. Well, that's like, a, you know, that's a process of like saving food. You know, you can cook food. It'll it'll go bad slower. Okay. Yeah. Or if it's like gone a little bad and you cook the shit out of it, it won't make you sick necessarily. Huh. Interesting. Okay. So oysters, uh, you think there's this evolutionary link so that we we descended from the trees as ape folk and i'm saying that we i'm not saying that that's what i think i'm just saying that's a theory that's out there yeah. it's like we left the trees because there was like better 
availability of like protein in the ocean. Yeah, I mean, they all, they're nature's dumplings, aren't they now? They're little protein packs. Um, right. And, and so you can- I mean, We've run into this podcast before about the link between New York City and oysters, which yeah. I won't get back to. But essentially the reason that there are so many people here today is because there used to be so many fucking oysters here. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case anymore because the water is so polluted that not even the, the filter feeders who clean the water can survive. Right. And that's a really depressing thought to have. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Now you and that's, what, that's what humans do. That's our thing. That's our thing. We, we destroy everything we touch. Right. The cancer of Earth. Yeah. And the galaxy soon. Right, and soon to be the galaxy, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. (laughs) Um, Now, you were telling me, though, that oysters are still a very popular order at your restaurant. Yeah, they're still big in, I feel like they're a popular thing in New York in general. Why do you think that is? I mean, I love oysters, but I feel like I order them twice a year or something like that. Like I, right. Well, they're like a thing. So, so it's like they're like a thing that you don't have at home, right? It's like very rarely do you like go out to the store and like buy oysters yeah. to have at your house, you know? But that would be kind of weird. But they're like a restaurant only thing. Yeah. And we serve, you know, they get served on crushed ice with like some sauces and some lemons and. And it's like an event and they're supposedly an aphrodisiac. So like you go out on a date and crack, like crush a bunch of oysters and then you bang like crazy. Eat a bunch of asparagus. (laughs) Right, just like hammer a bunch of asparagus. Uh, Make a- You go on weird dates. Funky the next day. Yeah, this is my first. Yeah, this is the date I've got to take my first date on sale. Asparagus and oysters, baby. That's that's the dump on the ump restaurant. We should open actually. (laughs) Dump on the ump presents asparagus and oysters, the date night place. I like asparagus and oysters, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what about other shellfish? I mean, shellfish are just a weird. I I love shellfish, right? But like, shellfish, I think. Wait, let me. Good. No crustaceans. I'm thinking of. Wait, no shellfish is like lobster, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I meant like yeah. <laughs> so I guess. You're thinking of mollusks. Yeah, mollusks. Right. Well, I wanted to talk about crab. Because crab is delicious, but I refuse to do that much work to eat my food. I have a, I have a friend who also says that. I don't. I like the work. Yeah, yeah, no, not me. I get mad about it. Like, why do I have to? Some things like artichokes, I don't mind. I like eating artichokes and sucking on artichoke leaves. Um, but a crab or a lobster, that's not, yeah. Okay, shellfish, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Shellfish uh, applies to both the mollusk and the crustacean family. Okay, it's a, so I was it's a food term only. 
Food, food only, right? If we're food term if, only. if we're uh, botanist or not botanist, marine biologists, it would not apply. But if we're talking culinary, if we were marine biologists, we would look down on people who use the term shellfish. Yeah, we'd be like, oh, so you study shellfish, and then they'd be like, <laughs> what is shellfish? Right. What are we at a restaurant? What am I a waiter? That's probably what they'd say. It's so full of themselves. They talk about the reproductive habits of the sea slug for like three hours. God, those guys are the worst. I know. The worst. You know what a marine biologist never invite them to your party. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what was the question? The question. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. I like the work. Yeah. I, I'm really into the, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the, myself a soft shell crab where you just shove the entire thing in your mouth and then crab juice like dribbles down your chin. That's great. But I'm also into like working for my food, you know? And then it's like, oh yeah, there's a really good bit of meat in here. If you do it right, you can like get some really, like a real good juicy chunk, you know? Right. But you gotta know. Right. It's like, I love that. Because like also it's like that, you know, if you're really hungry, you don't want like a pail of crabs. You want like a pail of potatoes, but yeah. If you're like crushing beers and hanging out by the ocean, just picking crabs. I'm into like, like pistachio, although it's not like pistachios, I guess. Like if you have time to like. Pistachios of the sea. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's also a restaurant name. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's our other restaurant. <laughs> we only serve crab. It's called Pistachio of the Sea. We only serve crab and pistachio of the sea. <laughs> right, and pistachios, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> what is the best... I'm going to call it sauce, but, you know, butter, lemon, garlic, whatever you want with your shellfish. Totally. Yeah, I don't, it depends on what you're into. Yeah. And also it depends on how you're eating stuff. Like, I, you know, I don't eat oysters. I'm allergic. But if but, I was to eat oysters, I'd probably want a little lemon juice and probably some hot sauce. Yeah. Um, people really like mignonette sauce, which is red wine vinegar and shallots and cracked black pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then cocktail sauce is a classic also. Yeah, I'm less into the cocktail sauce. I'm a melted butter and garlic kind of guy, especially with clams. I haven't had clams in a real long time. I like clams also. Yeah, I love clams. Yeah, yeah. And shrimp. Like, I really like shrimp a lot uh, with just, like, butter and garlic. But, but shrimp cocktail... I told you when I was in Indiana, went out to that steakhouse and had steak Diane and felt like I was in like the 1950s again. That would be another thing to do for a restaurant, which is just like weird popular foods from the 1950s, like shrimp cocktail and steak Diane. And Yeah, I, 
I'm a big believer in shrimp cocktail, and I really want to urge everyone who listens to this podcast, if they do like shrimp, to not look too deeply into the effects of shrimp farming on our oceans. Oh, no. Because they are the worst. It's are like closed? the number um, one worst thing that the humans do for A, climate change, and B, ocean pollution. I guess it's the same thing. But the number one worst thing is shrimp farming. It's the fucking worst. <laughs> and I really should stop putting this shit on my menu because it's so bad. But I'm a believer in the shrimp cocktail. Like, I'm the guy who goes to the party and there's like a shrimp cocktail thing in the center and that I park my ass right there. And eat I have been with you at that party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> eat shrimp and I kind of like stare daggers at anyone who like comes near That's, my shrimp. You yeah, know? just did by like the big bowl of shrimp cocktail. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I've seen that. I'm like, Dan, do you want a beer? And you're like, hold on, shrimp cocktail. <laughs> Like, yeah, you go get the beer. I'm going to go box people out from the shrimp cocktail. Right. I'm going to go wide body myself in front of the shrimp cocktail station. <laughs> Meet me back here with two beers. I'll send you <laughs> some shrimp cocktail. Exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you wanted to tell us a story about the ginkgo tree. Oh, yeah. Are you ready with that? <clears throat> yeah, we can do this. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of off top of the crock. This is like more top of the arboretum or sure. something like that. Cool, cool. Because uh, this is not food related. This is tree related. I mean, like, you can put ginkgo in things, right? Yeah, it's more of like a medicinal yeah. thing. Okay. I guess so, ginger, ginkgo and ginger are different. Right. Yeah. I grew up in Vermont, which is a state famous for its autumn foliage. And I live in New York now. The Vermont foliage season happened months ago, like in mid-August. It, it got cold and every, all the trees changed. And, you know, they're in deep tundra winter up there right now. In New York, it doesn't really get like to have a good foliage to get good colors on your trees. You need mostly hardwood forests, specifically maples that give you the best reds and oranges. But what you need is warm days and cold nights. And that's how you get good, good foliage. <clears throat> New York City does not have weather like that. In the fall, it kind of cycles, it like gets cold and it's cold during the day and cold during the night. Then it gets warm, it gets warm and during the day and warm at night. So the foliage here sucks. Trees mm -hmm. like stay green for a long time because it never gets any sort of sustained cold. Yeah. And then they just kind of turn brown and, and fall off, right? That's climate change also. And that's fine. This is an urban area. Like I don't expect to have brilliant autumn foliage, like the stuff that I grew up with. However, the, the one exception to that is the ginkgo tree, hmm. which, is, uh, which is a tree, it's a native to China, and it has been brought all over the world as like a decorative urban tree for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. One, 
it's extremely hardy uh, and resistant to things like heat, like high temperatures, really low temperatures. It's a resistant to pollution, smog, you know, lack of light, too much light. It's just a really hardy tree. Okay. And then the other reason, <clears throat> because right around this time every year, we're actually kind of towards the tail end of it. They turn a brilliant yellow. They're like the most yellow that you've ever seen in your life. And <clears throat> they're super huge trees, really tall. They have a lot of branches and a lot of leaves and they turn brilliant yellow. And <clears throat> you'll know when there's a ginkgo tree in the backyard of my building actually, but you'll be able to see, like if you were to fly a drone over Brooklyn in the fall, you'd see where the ginkgo trees were because everything will be either green or brown and then the like really bright yellow patches. And it's cool because when the leaves fall, you'll be walking down the sidewalk and then all of a sudden the entire sidewalk is just yellow brick road, yellow with all of these ginkgo leaves. It's cool. They're very beautiful. They're cool trees. Uh, the ginkgo tree and the sycamore tree are my two favorite urban trees for what it's worth. The cool thing about the ginkgo tree is that the ginkgo tree is like a family of one. There's only one kind of ginkgo tree. And if you think about how many different kinds of maple trees or oak trees or chestnut trees or whatever, right. um, it's, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> and even so the, the ginkgo tree comes, it's a, it's a ancient tree, right? It's the oldest ginkgo tree that they've not still living, but like fossils of the ginkgo tree that they found <clears throat> is 290 million years ago. So this is like pre-dinosaur. So this is a tree that survived the ice age completely unscathed. Um, <clears throat> they're totally identical by now. And so- um, Like alligators. Right. No, yeah, like alligators or horseshoe crabs. So it's the only member of its sugar genus, ginkgo. What's that? Did you say sugar crabs? Horseshoe. Horseshoe crab. Horseshoe. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. We've talked about them on the podcast too. I'm sure. I actually may have talked about them I'm sure we've talked about horseshoe crabs. We both have a shared obsession with horseshoe crabs. If not yeah. next week, whole episode, horseshoe crabs. Horseshoe crabs. Yeah. Go back to the archives. Maybe Putin can tell us if we've already done a horseshoe crab episode. <laughs> he can get his he can get his hackers on it. Sure. So ginkgo tree, <clears throat> I'm just gonna say this because this yeah. is no, fucking it is. Wait, I love this. The ginkgo tree is the only member of its genus, which is ginkgo, and that's the only genus in its family, which is ginkgo, some Latin ending to it. And it's the only family in its order. Uh, which is another ginkgo something, and it's the only order in its subclass. Interesting. Uh, and it's the only living connection between ferns and conifers. Oh, uh, conifers being pine trees. Mm -hmm. So, ferns are also very ancient 
plans. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so the only thing, the thing is that, um, the thing that's kind of unique about it is that unlike any other tree, its leaves grow out in a fan shape, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to growing out from a central spine and then branching. It grows from a point out into a fan. Uh, and all other leaves come to a point at some point, except for this one. And the, and the cool thing is that there's only one kind of ginkgo tree. So if you have a ginkgo tree in Champagne, same kind of tree that we have in New York, it's the same kind of tree that's in China right now, which is the same kind of tree that was in China 300 million years ago. Um, one of my favorite places to go in Brooklyn is the Botanical Gardens. Right. Yeah. I'm sure they have ginkgo trees there. I, they know. probably do, but they have, they just grow in the, there's one in my backyard. They got some that just are on the street. They got them in parks and stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they don't really, um, so they're, they have a lot of medicinal value in like traditional Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's funny because when the ginkgo berries fall from the ginkgo tree, they start to, they just start to stink so bad. They smell yeah. really bad. But when they start to fall, it's funny, it's not, I mean, I don't know, funny, but it's like, you'll just see all of these Chinese ladies wandering around the park with baskets, like ginkgo berries. Interesting. What do they make in tea? No. Yeah, maybe tea or medicine or I don't yeah. know. I don't know what they do. That would be fascinating to find out. Is there a large... Uh, well, because there's no Brooklyn China. Is there a Brooklyn Chinatown? Yeah. Yeah. But I, like, there's not a lot of, ton of Chinese people living where I live, but there are a lot of ginkgo trees. So I guess they come there for the ginkgo trees. Sure. Hmm. But it doesn't really have a, a place in cooking, right? No. <clears throat> I don't think so. Not that I know. I don't want to say no. I don't know if that's true. Maybe like, yeah, in China or something. Hmm. Huh. We've got a uh, Japanese tree garden here in Urbana, in Urbana over, over the city border over in Urbana. That's really nice to visit. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah that, that's really fun. Um, I, I don't know if they, I'm, if they got a sycamore or not. I mean, uh, ginkgo. Why was I thinking sycamore? Because they used to be second favorite tree. Next time on Tree Corner. I actually think that sycamores are my favorite of, of the urban trees. Of the urban trees. That's another thing. Yeah, I really like ginkgo trees too. They're super, well, maybe they might be my favorite. But the cool thing about sycamores is as they grow, like their bark doesn't grow with them. So as they get larger, they like bust out of their bark and then their bark falls off and it doesn't grow back. So they just look like naked trees. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I've thought a lot about representing or recreating nature. I'm not gonna say rural spaces, I'm gonna say nature or natural spaces within urban settings. And that's one of the coolest concepts and most controversial concepts as right. 
mode of urban planning and to tie it back together, baseball parks have a big part to deal with that because a baseball park is in a sense like a representation of a pastoral is what it's supposed to be a pastoral setting within an urban setting right you leave the city and you walk into the ballpark and you're in a park right you know and there are men you know central like new york is probably the greatest example of this in our country with central park obviously but also prospect park you and I have hung out in Prospect Park a couple of times. I that's yeah. a great like. Let's go to the park. We live in Brooklyn. Let's go to the park. My favorite one in Chicago is actually Jackson Park on the lake on the south side. Uh, that's a great park, also. Cool. <laughs> All right. Um, let's wrap this up. God, what's your favorite Batman movie? <clears throat> probably the original uh tim burton batman Mine, yeah that's or maybe right. batman begins, i really like or oh, which one batman begins and that's a controversial oh yeah, yeah with the uh, scarecrow with scarecrow right most yeah. people like either the second or third one of that series specifically the second one the second one yeah. i like the first one i think that's a good call yeah, yeah. i i would definitely go with the original batman uh, Batman Returns with Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman and Danny DeVito as Penguin. Underrated. Right. Christmas movie. That's the Christmas That movie. is a Christmas movie. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. All of Tim Burton's movies are actually Christmas movies, aren't they? Right. Dude yeah. loves Christmas. Dude loves Christmas. He really, oh, like, kind of hates Christmas. Right. <laughs> Uh, agreed. I mean, like, I loved Dark Knight the same way every fanboy loved Dark Knight, but it's, like, definitely overrated. Right. Here's my take on that. Is everyone loves the Joker. Like, I'm, I don't love the Joker that much. Oh, you don't? I think he's the only good part of that movie. Right. Right. I, I, like, I thought that that movie was good, but I feel like people just flip out about the Joker as a character, and I'm like, eh. You know, right. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. And then they made the entire Joker movie, which was weird. Right. I didn't see that one. I I got real drunk and watched it. I can, right. It, it's Taxi Driver. It's same, right. It's Taxi Driver. Who's and Robert De Niro is not in Dick Tracy. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, He's in Dick Tracy too, where he plays a young Dick Tracy just coming up in the crime world. I mean, in the cop world. Right, right. Goes back he like, he like when Dick Tracy just first came to this country. Right. Had to go back to Sicily to stab the man right. who murdered his father. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to ask you next time. Shit, we had something else we needed to talk about. An entire episode about horseshoe crabs. 
right? I, I do want to talk about like like ginger because I had because when you were talking about ginkgo, I started just thinking about ginger and like the real and imagined medicinal benefits of ginger, right? Right. Because like there is a weird homeopathy angle here. Like there are real medicinal values to ginger. And those like right. but also there's fake medicinal values. Right. Well, it, I mean, and when we're talking about medicine, not to get too anti-vaxxer here, but the or, this isn't anti-vax at all, but there's like uh in the West, there's like a what people consider real and fake medicinal values, and they're based on what is accepted by Western medicine, which is yeah, 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 not necessarily all-encompassing as far as healthful living. Right. Um, yeah. So, for example, ginkgo is ginkgo leaves and berries and bark and stems is used in all sorts of different medicinal treatments all over the world, not just in China, but all over the world. And, but they're in no way accepted by Western medicine as beneficial. Right, right. But But just because Western medicine doesn't say it's beneficial doesn't mean that it's not beneficial. I think that's an important distinction to make. No, I understand that. And and the other thing is, I'm, I'm Googling this real quick because aspirin is, the bulk of what? Mm. It's the bulk of some kind of tree. No, nope, it's going to take me too long to look it up. Uh, royal listeners, let us know what aspirin is. Yeah, what's aspirin? What's aspirin? Because it might be ginkgo. <laughs> I don't think okay. it is. But it no, might be. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Dump on the Yump ostensibly a baseball podcast but uh this was b-block top of the clock we're talking about non-baseball willow it's willow tree bark aspirin is willow tree bark gotcha um if you like what you're listening to give us a rating review and a subscription on apple podcasts you can also follow us on spotify and or soundcloud check out the a block we yelled a lot about the collective bargaining agreement and we're going to continue to yell about the collective bargaining agreements and and all the bullshit the lockout all the bullshit that's happening in major league baseball right now so uh follow us for all that anger anger and fun that's going to be the new theme of this podcast anger and fun um you can also follow us on instagram tweet at us at dump on the ump facebook and the WordPress blog. For Sam, my name is Joel. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Sweet babe, I'm going to leave you and the time ain't long. No, the time ain't long. If you don't believe I'm leaving, Count the days I'm gone